don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. I'm Kirsten. And um, this is going to be my little version of Valentine's Day episode. Okay. Even though, sorry, it's a little late. Um, it's Valentine's week. Yeah, I didn't really plan ahead, apparently. I forgot. Mm. So. Valentine's week. Um, We're going to do a couple's story today. Okay. And this is the story of Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. I was getting ready to ask you if this is a good story or a bad story. Um, True crime, so I'm going to guess true it's crime. bad. True crime. Yeah. Just keep that in mind while we're uh, okay. telling this little story. Um, anywho, if you heard of it, you heard of it. If you haven't, you haven't. I so, haven't. I actually haven't. I'm going to just jump right in because we got 19 pages of research to go through. Let's just get on it. I'm ready to... Let's go. Okay. Um, so first we're going to kind of talk about Zach. There's not a whole lot of background information on Addie like there is Zach. Okay. Um, Zach was born on May 15th of 1978 and his dad's name is also Zach. Okay. And his mom's name is Lori. Okay. And the family had a VW bus and they drove him and his brother like all over the states living like a free spirited life. This did happen in the I US by the way. Love that. Um, they ended up, yeah, I know, me in the future. Yeah. Um, they ended up living in Ojai, California for a while, but permanently settled in Whidbey Island, Washington for a bit. Okay. There are no records of abuse or anything like that with the parents' relationship. They were just kind of having some highs and lows and highs and lows, kind of back and forth, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, I feel like that's kind of normal. For sure, but it was getting to a point where Zach was staying out late drinking partying doing who knows what okay and after all the crap that zach had put Lori through she ended up leaving him in 1990 okay her zach and his brother all moved to santa maria california okay zach was well liked by we're moving on to the actual zach now that we're talking about in the story zach bowen not his father okay zach was well liked by his friends but with teachers it was kind of a hit or miss Mm-hmm. Like, he could have been liked by his teacher, he could have not. Some mm-hmm. liked him, some didn't. Okay. He was popular, but also shy. And he was known as being, like, chill, laid back. He was really friendly to everyone. Mm-hmm. He was a really tall dude and ended up being six foot ten. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. He was kind of like me and you when, like, we are shy. But then you kind of get to know me and I'm a little bit more outgoing. Come out of our show, yeah. With the people that I'm close with. Oh, yeah. He was really into metal and grunge music, and in high school, he lost Homecoming King, and he was absolutely, completely disappointed. Mm. Like, devastated. Mm -hmm. Which, to me, I'm kind of like... It ain't that big of a deal. Yeah, but for him, it really was. It's like a part of high school, though, Mm -hmm. like, getting that title, being Homecoming King and Queen, like, it's just like a momentous type thing. For sure. His grades actually started to slip because of this. 
Really? Yeah. Like, that's how upset he was. That's and according crazy. to his parents, it was one of his biggest disappointments in life. Losing Homecoming King. Yeah. Okay. If that's your biggest disappointment, you're doing good. Yeah. Honestly. He then decided he was going to drop out of high school and move to live with his dad in Washington. There was nothing wrong with Zach and his relationship with his mom. He just wanted, like, a fresh start. Mm-hmm. A clean slate. Okay. Like, he was ready to start over because of the whole homecoming king thing. A change. He needed a change. Yeah. Okay. So, Zach and his dad ended up going on a cross-country road trip, just like they did when he was a kid. And they landed in New Orleans. And Zach ended up enrolling back in high school. Okay. He did not end up finishing high school there, but he did love New Orleans. And so... Zach is now 18 years old. He's starting to get a little bit more confident in himself. And he started working at a bar. Okay. In New Orleans. There's lots of bars to go to. Oh, yeah. So, he was selling what's called Go Cups. And he would hang out of a window on Bourbon Street and serve people these Go Cups. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, hanging out the window. Like, hey, who wants wants alcohol to go, basically? You Mm -hmm. know? Like, if they're, like, walking up and down the street, here's some alcohol. Yeah. Like a vendor type. exactly he ended up meeting a 28 year old woman named lana okay and lana was visiting new orleans with her friend okay she ended up seeing zach while her and her friend were out on bourbon street and lana and her friend walked up and her friend originally called dibs okay on zach oh okay but zach kind of chose lana instead so the friend was like okay that's fine Mm -hmm. like i'll back off yeah pretty good friend of yes respectable she was working as a stripper and had done that for a long time in Dallas and Houston. Okay. And she was tired of it. She wanted to start something new. She also wanted to clean sleep, kind of like Zach. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the trip, Lana and Zach were dating, and she decided that she would move to New Orleans. Okay. Or New Orleans, sorry. Lana didn't know that Zach was 18. Okay. She thought, because he worked at a bar, right. that he was at least 21. That makes sense. But when she found out, and she ended up kind of backing off a little, because she was mm-hmm. like, whoa. She was kind of weirded out by Well, the she was thing. 26. Mm, 28. 20, oh, 28. Mm-hmm. And oh, he's 18. That's a 10-year difference. Yeah. So, she's kind of like, whoa. Weird. Yeah. But she ended up liking him so much that they just ended up continuing their relationship. I mean, if you click with somebody, yeah. it is what Apparently, it is. Apparently, they were mature enough. Yeah. I don't know. We say that when it's a man 18 and a woman 28, but if it was a man 28 and a woman 18... That would be a little weird. It's it's but weird it's the same. all the way around. Yeah. It's weird all it the way around. It is weird. Yeah. 18 and 28. That's a big maturity difference. 18, like, you could still be in high school. Uh, Whether 18. you're a woman or a man, right. and the older person is a man or a woman, I still They're think a lot it's more weird mature. either way. Yeah. Yeah. Lana ended up pregnant early on in their relationship mm-hmm. with a little boy that they named Jackson. Aww. And when Lana told Zach that she was pregnant, he, like, freaked out because he's only 18 and he's about to have a kid. Yeah. I feel that. And this is early on in their relationship. So, of course, he's like, whoa. It's going so fast. Yeah. Like, hold up. But he told Lana, Lana, he wasn't ready for it, but Lana told him, she's going to keep that baby, so. Yeah. He better pull him up, pull himself up by a boot. Why can't I say that? Oh my gosh. Pull himself up by his bootstraps. I don't even know what that means. It means, get shit done. 
Anyways. Get his life together. Figure it out. Once their baby was born and Zach held Jackson, it was like a switch flipped. Mm-hmm. He instantly became paternal mm-hmm. and just like was a great father. Yeah. Instantly. I feel like it's a lot. Like that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like when I had my kids, mm-hmm. I did not want kids. I did not want children mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. But it's like as soon as that baby was born, I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is right. my only purpose in life right now. Right. Is raising this baby. It's like, it's so weird to explain. Mm-hmm. Like, it just happens. Your it's instincts so natural. just kick in. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Becoming a parent is crazy. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he was an amazing dad and became a better partner to Lana after their kid was born. Mm-hmm. And they decided to get married. Okay. And then they had another child, a little girl named Lily. Oh, I was going to name my baby Lily. Lillian. Oh, that's cute. That was going to be my baby's name. Well, now it's not. Now it's not. <laughs> Zach ended up going back and getting his GED in 2000 because he wanted to make Good. something of himself. Good. himself. He's trying to Jeez, get his I life cannot together. Talk. Yes, he has kids now. He wants to get his life together. He wants to start something new. Mm-hmm. He decided to join the military so he could get all the benefits for him and his family. Mm-hmm. And then the war began in 2001 after 9-11 and he got deployed to Kosovo and Baghdad, which was in Dang. Iraq. Mm-hmm. And from these tours, Zach ended up with severe PTSD. That and he sucks. didn't get any help from therapy or anything. And he definitely changed after his deployment, oh, which yeah. in my notes I said rightly so. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. I would too if I yeah. went through all that trauma. Yeah, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to deal with. He lost a few people that he was really close with. Mm-hmm. And he was also suffering from depression. Mm-hmm. He had befriended a girl who was 19. It was, mm-hmm. like, his buddy that was in the same group with him. Mm-hmm. And she was killed in action. Oh, man. He had made friends with an Iraqi child and gave her some candy that he had. And the next day, she mm-hmm. was killed for interacting with Americans. That would fuck you up. Like, seeing all that yeah. happen right in front of you. Zach also made friends with a little boy named Rashid. And Rashid and his family owned a convenience store. So he would bring the soldiers mm-hmm. in Zach's unit coke and ice. And in return, Zach taught him English. Mm-hmm. But then one day, the convenience store got bombed and it killed the whole family. That's crazy. Yeah. How devastating. That's heartbreaking. Zach wanted to get back home to his family. He was tired of this. Mm-hmm. He, he did not want to keep going in the military. He was suffering. Yes. So he kept purposely failing his physical test. Mm -hmm. And eventually he got generally discharged from the military. And he wanted to be honorably discharged. Mm -hmm. A general discharge is honorable, but it's not the same as an honorable discharge. Mm -hmm. Basically, it meant that his service was satisfactory, but did not meet the highest level of performance and conduct. Because he was failing his tests. Yes. They saw that as like not... Well, they didn't specifically say why. So, but it could have been that. Yeah. That's a good thought. When he came back to her and told her he was... Oh, sorry. Zach went back to Lana. Mm -hmm. And when he came back to her and told her he was discharged, she was obviously upset. Because she's like, dude, you're like... Running, like supporting the family you're digging up our whole life here right and just changing everything and didn't even consult me right but i get why he did he's tired of it she's not in his position no she doesn't know what he's but he what did it's some like he did say basically that 
he could go back to working in a bar again and she could go back to stripping when she's already had two kids and she didn't want to do that yeah no i mean he could if he wants to go work at a bar again have at it but don't volunteer her right to go back to stripping when you've had two kids that's where he went wrong because it's not your body ain't the same and if you're stripping i mean you're dancing relying on your body Mm -hmm. right yeah so it's not going to be the same and she probably doesn't feel the same way that she felt about her body previously yeah Yeah, she hasn't gained her confidence back yet. right she was obviously upset about this and things were already a mess between them at this point Mm -hmm. um they ended up separating and both of them moved back to new orleans okay zach started working at a bar in 2005 and this was in the french quarter and it was called the hogs bar okay he was very popular there especially among the ladies he was very charming once he finally grew into himself fully Mm -hmm. he worked with a fellow bartender and she was not interested in zach at all she really didn't get it at all she was like i don't get why people are interested in him it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me okay her name was adrian addy hall okay she was 29 years old and was from durham north carolina and she was an artist and a dancer she was a free-spirited person and presented herself as this carefree, talented person. Which okay. she was talented. She wrote poems. She did art. She sewed. She was a very talented person mm-hmm. all around. But she wasn't necessarily nice. She was nice when she was sober. Oh, okay. But we're going to get more into that in a second. Okay. She lived in her car when she first got to New Orleans until she found an apartment. And in 2003 is when she started taking a turn for the worst. Okay. This is before she even met Zach. Okay. She would drink very heavily, and she was very abusive when she was drunk. She would find your weakness, something you're insecure about, something you told her, and she would just keep pushing it and pushing it and making fun of you for it and, like, Mm. digging in, you know? Yeah, and that's not a good person when she's drinking. She did have a lot of friends and knew a lot of people, but they all knew about her drinking side, Mm -hmm. so they were like, oh gotta avoid her when that's going on Mm -hmm. and a lot of people did stop being her friend over it i would too i wouldn't be somebody's friend if she was doing that to me it's so weird that this is part of your story because that book i just finished Mm -hmm. is literally about a guy that has a drinking problem who doesn't have any friends and he is dating a girl named lana whoa alana yeah so weird it's so weird like what you're saying about Addie is mm-hmm. literally the main guy character in the book. So crazy. That is crazy. This always like, happens Like, super to nice, us. but then when he gets drunk, he's, like, not abusive, but mm-hmm. he's, like, I mean, a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. We're so psychic. We are. <laughs> in 2003, this is just further in 2003, Addie got into bar fights. She started doing coke, mm-hmm. and she started drinking more heavily. And she was also going through a lot of roommates at the time because no one wanted to be around her. Mm -hmm. And by Coke, I don't mean Coca-Cola. I mean cocaine. Mm -hmm. Just to clear that up. Addie started to hang around a lot of Coke dealers because she didn't have any friends. Coca-Cola dealers? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Just want to clear that up for the people listening. Cocaine dealers, okay? Okay. Okay. She even tried to rob one with her roommate, but her roommate was like, "Mm mm-mm. Not doing that. No, thanks. Who wants... No, that's that's a dumb that idea. That is dangerous. <laughs> Addie was going through many abusive relationships with men as well, and that's unfortunate for her. Mm-hmm. 
In 2005 is when she then met Zach. Okay. And again, they're working at this bar together. She's not really interested. And, of course, since she's not interested in him and all the other ladies are, he's he's interested in her. her. Of course, that's how it always always is. Zach was actually working the 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift, which made him a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's everybody's out on the street at 2 a.m. in New Orleans, you know? It's a party place. Um, Addie worked a shift right after him, so he would stay at the bar and chat with her to try to get to know her and everything Mm -hmm. past his shift. I know that man's tired. Like, be friendly. I imagine him as just this, like, really friendly dude. Mm-hmm. like that has some underlying problems but like super nice yeah that's how I'm and ma- that's really what he was him. just yeah. like all like he was actually really nice to yeah. her is how mm-hmm. i am picturing definitely him. and she was just like nice too but she when just she had a drinking sober. problem yes yeah it's unfortunate yeah for the both of them really mm-hmm. um eventually it worked he he got her so, she thought he was alright, mm-hmm. and they started the date in 2005. Okay. Everyone thought they were the cutest couple ever. Mm-hmm. They just got along so well, and everything was going great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did move into an apartment together and everything, so they were doing really well for themselves. Good. And then Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I want to keep saying New Orleans. It's a Midwest thing. Yeah. Everyone was evacuating before the storm hit. Um, because they were asked to be, to evacuate. Right. And Zach and Addie refused to evacuate and said they would stay in their apartment together and ride out the storm. Mm-hmm. Lana really wanted Zach to come with her and the kids because she's worried about him. Why are yeah. you staying when this hurricane's about right. to hit? Like, that's kind of a dumb decision. Like, you have children. Like, you need to come. Like, yeah. you need to make yourself safe. Right. For your kids, at least, if not for yourself. For sure. And she even went as far to tell him he could bring Addie with him. Right. Which is very big of her. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't know this woman and she's inviting her Mm -hmm. to come with him. It sounds like, I mean, I I don't know, but it sounds like Lana and Zach have a good relationship, like a Mm -hmm. good friendship. Yeah. And know that they just like didn't get along anymore. And so they split and it was like just... Now they just care about each other. They have kids together. I think it was more Lana just moved from him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think Zach wanted things to end. But. I think she did. So she left because okay. he was playing around. Okay. He was a young dad. Yeah. And at this point, he felt like he missed out. Mm-hmm. So she was like, all right, well, see ya. But she's not gonna like she she's not gonna withhold him. the kids from him or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would do that. So he was super cold to her on the phone mm-hmm. and completely refused to come with her and and the kids. Right, I don't really think he was in a good place in his life because he yeah, was no. drinking a lot right now too. He's oh, drinking okay. very heavily. He works at a bar. He works at yeah. two a.m. to ten a.m. shift. So he's mm-hmm. also drinking while he's working. Just not in a good headspace. Yes. And Zach basically told her that she'd be fine mm-hmm. without him. Um, wow. He never called. He never sent any money or anything during the period I'm about to tell you okay. what happened next. But he never called or anything. Okay. He basically abandoned his kids at this point in time. He's roughing it. Okay. The storm passed and they survived. 
Addie and Zach stayed in New New Orleans. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have running water. They didn't have supplies. They didn't have anything. Which was why they were supposed to evacuate. Right. And no one was really getting help from the government at this time. Okay. So, they basically lived like if it would be an apocalypse or something. Okay. They had to survive somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a group that kind of banded together, and they became very well-known. It's actually in a lot of newspapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pictures of Zach and Addie in the newspapers. Okay. They made a makeshift bar and restaurant outside Addie and Zach's apartment. And the group stole stuff from bars, like stole a bunch of alcohol, stole stuff from grocery stores so they could eat. Mm-hmm. And that's what they used the bar and the restaurant for. Basically, just making food for themselves and the group. Just to survive. Mm-hmm. Zach and Addie were getting so much attention over this. And you could say they become the king and queen of the group. Like the leaders. Yeah, okay. in a way. And the group was also trying to clean up the streets and cleaning up what they could mm-hmm. since they were there. Zach and Addie absolutely thrived in this environment. Mm-hmm. Like, living their best lives. She was very free-spirited anyways. Mm -hmm. And, like, this was perfect for her. And it was perfect for Zach because he wanted to run away from his responsibilities. Right. And now they have an excuse. Mm -hmm. They started to see themselves as the true New Orleanians. I'm not really sure what New Orleans people call themselves. Okay. But um, that's a guess. Okay. I actually listened to the morbid podcast on this as well to get more information and i have a few links from articles that i read that i got information from um and that's what morbid called them so that's what i guess we're gonna call them okay um they obviously aren't the original right new orleans people right because they weren't born born there Mm -hmm. addie was born in north carolina and zach was born in California. california yeah i had to think about that sorry um, the whole apocalyptic world made Addie and Zach closer than ever. Like I said, they were thriving, so they were deeply in love. I think they were deeply in love the whole time. Mm-hmm. I just think... This fueled them more. Yeah. They would have sex in the street in the middle of the night. Nice. Because nobody's really there except for the group that they're in. That is everybody's dream. They would go around holding hands, never left each other's sides at all. They didn't have to, so... Right. Addie was really good at having the police coming to help them, like, coming to do their rounds and stuff, because there wasn't a lot of police. It was pretty dangerous. Yeah. So, but the way she would get them to come do their rounds is she would flash her boobs at them. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. I mean, hey, whatever she wanted to do. Both for her and for the police. I mean, (laughs) that is just great. That is just, love that. Addie was almost raped one time when she went into an abandoned grocery store to get supplies. Like, that's how dangerous it was. Wow. The 82nd Airborne Division of the Army came from Fort Bragg to help with the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Finally, they were getting some help. Mm -hmm. Zach and Addie were watching from their balcony, and it really started to trigger Zach's PTSD because he was in the military. Right. And this all kind of sent him into a spiral. Mm Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, he's drinking, smoking, and also doing coke. Mm-hmm. So, Addie also had bipolar disorder, and Hurricane Katrina stopped her from getting her medication. And she oh. never got it again. So, she has untreated bipolar. Yikes. 
Yeah. The mayor said that everyone needed to evacuate from New Orleans. Addie, Zach, and some other people from the group were absolutely pissed by this for whatever reason. Um, just because they didn't want this to end. They're like, this is our land. Like, we yeah. fixed it up and we're, like, running it. And yeah. And now they're ruining it. Yep. Pretty much. Even though it was... Never their land to begin mm, with. No. It was never our land to begin with, actually. No, yeah. You're right. <laughs> from the very beginning. From the, from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> so, Addie, Zach, the group, they held out. And then a week or two later, people slowly started to trickle back into New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting access to their homes and... Seeing what was left. Yeah. Basically. So, they could come back now. Um, this is where the whole, like, where the original New Orleans people thing comes in. Okay. Because Zach and Addie were acting like they were better than everyone. Because they had stayed. Mm-hmm. And the group had stayed. Good and for like, them. And, like, again, like you said, they were acting like they own the place. Yeah. What, do you want a cookie? Right. You didn't mm-hmm. have to. Good for you. That was a choice. Yeah. Everything slowly started becoming normal, and their relationship was starting to get really rocky. Okay. Because they thrived in that apocalyptic environment. They mm-hmm. just did, and they did not want to go back to their normal lives. Mostly, I think Zach just wanted to run away from his problems. Mm-hmm. And Addie, again, she's a free-spirited person. She was They're having the best it. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could do whatever they wanted right. every day. They didn't have to have a job. Nobody you know was what I mean? telling them what to do. Exactly. No bills to pay. Exactly. Zach and Addie's friends told people that they thought Zach and Addie were deeply in love, which everyone thought that. Mm-hmm. Zach even went as far to tell his mom that Addie was his soulmate. Okay. So he really did care about her. And Lana had no idea how Zach was doing through this whole thing. He called his mom, but he hadn't called her yet. Or his kids. Right. She didn't know if he was alive, if he was dead. She didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, maybe she saw the papers. Yeah. But other than that, she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And when her kids asked where their dad was, she told them he was working for the Red Cross and helping people build and stuff after the storm. She didn't want to make him out to be a bad guy to the kids. Oh, that's good. She wanted to make him seem like a hero. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have any resentment against him leaving. Right. Because she kind of knew. What he was going through. Mm-hmm. The PTSD and everything. all Depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, that's not an excuse to abandon your kids. But she was trying to be helpful. Right. Because she still cared. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. She cared about him regardless of whether she loved... She loved him in a different way now. Mm-hmm. You know, she still cared. But yeah. she didn't... She wasn't in love with him necessarily mm-hmm. anymore. So... Lana finally gets back in touch with Zach, and he tells her, I want to see the kids. Like, I miss the kids. He starts getting back on track. Mm -hmm. Lana told him that she wanted to meet Addie before the kids were with her. And if she's going to be around them, then she needs to meet her. Mm -hmm. At first, Zach said no, but Addie was, like, really excited to meet the kids. Mm -hmm. She was so ecstatic that she went and bought clothes for both the kids. Uh Yeah, but, uh... Things took a... Things took a... Huh? Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, she did a complete 180. Okay. Addie did? Yeah, she completely refused to speak to Lana all of a sudden. And the kids also said that when they went to visit their dad, Addie wouldn't even speak to them or acknowledge them. Okay, interesting. Yeah. They also said 
they thought that she didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And the kids would also say that she would go party at night, come home drunk, and then lock them both out of the bedroom that her and Zach were in. Oh, gosh. These kids were seven and five at the time. Oh. Imagine rough. waking up in the middle of the night and you want to go get the comfort of your dad and the door is locked. Right. That's so sad. Yeah. Addie started telling Zach that when the kids come over, he had to go to a hotel with uh, them. Yeah. And he continued to be with this woman? For now. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know if this was, like, a byproduct of her being off the bipolar medication. Mm, could be. So. It could be. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking maybe it is. Yeah. But, um, again, not an excuse to treat people no, like shit. No, absolutely but not. Especially children. Especially when you know you need to be medicated, but I know that when you're not on the medication you and can't you have a mental straight. illness, yeah. yeah, you think you're better off without it. Yeah. But some people do need it. So, she said the kids were not allowed at the apartment. Whatever. Okay. We're jumping in. We're into 2006 now. Okay. And Zach and Addie were partying, doing drugs, and getting into massive fights right okay. now. Addie was super abusive, physically and verbally. Okay. And Zach obviously shot back with verbal abuse because okay. he's being targeted. They're both just being toxic with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one instance that after a fight they had gotten in on the previous night, Addie did have bruises on her arm. Okay. But it was never clear if, like, they were beating on each other or maybe Zach was trying to restrain her. Yeah. Because he could have been. Yeah. And they were just getting more and more toxic all the time. Yeah, sounds like it. They would constantly break up and get back together, kicking each other out of the apartment constantly. But then when they kicked the other person out, they would chase them down and, like, beg them to come back. Like, it was an adrenaline rush for Yeah. Them. Just very toxic. Mm-hmm. Friends would say that they would break up and get back together, like, every day. That's so excessive. Imagine that. Yeah. In August of 2006, Addie was arrested after one of their fights. So, they got into a fight. She stormed out of the apartment with a gun, started a fight with a random guy on the street, and then pointed the gun at him. She's losing it. She's losing it. Zach refused to post her bail. So, their friends got money together to get her out. Okay. She's probably pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Because he refused to bail her out. So, Zach was kind of hopping from friend to friend because friend to friend's couch, pretty much. And then back Mm -hmm. to the apartment he had with Addie. But he kind of finally decided he was done with Addie and started a relationship with another man. But he didn't necessarily end things with her. Wait a second. Zach started a relationship with another man. With okay. I was just making sure I was reading that. Yeah. One. But he didn't end things with Addie. Okay. So he was technically cheating on her. Okay. And this is at a time where he's kind of starting to realize that he's bisexual. Okay. Um he's kind of trying to discover himself more and more. But Addie finds out. And I told you what she does when she's drunk. But she finds out she's being cheated on Zach with another man. And she absolutely loses her shit. Okay. Starts calling Zach homophobic slurs in front of people, yelling at him in the middle Mm-mm. of the street, Mm-mm. like calling him all these names. Um, she then called every woman on his phone and told them that he had AIDS. What the fuck? This girl. And you is know that's nuts. like a stereotype with gay men for like oh, the yeah. longest time. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Addie. Pretty much is going off the deep end at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Just can't fucking do it anymore. Um, like I said, her and Zach kind of split at this point. She's trying to scrounge up money. She's not really working a lot. She's barely scraping by. And she convinces Zach to get a new apartment because he's working a lot. He has to pay child support to Lana now. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have to pay it. He's choosing to pay it. Mm-hmm. And he's also seeing his kids every other weekend. Right. So he's getting his kids and paying the child support like he should be. So he's, like, trying to get away from Addie and, like, trying yeah. to do right by his mm-hmm. kids at this but point. But it hasn't been that long since they've been split. Right. So she tells him they can get back together. Addie does. Mm-hmm and have a new start but he has to pay for the apartment that they get Mm. so she's using him yes zach obviously agreed because they haven't been split for very long Mm -hmm. and he is still in love with her toxic relationships are hard to get out of yes so they both signed the lease together but secretly on august 4th addie had the lease just switched to her name had zach taken off of it oh my gosh and she kicked zach out Nice. She tricked him into paying two months' rent at this place that her name is on now. And then kicked him out. That's... She's... Toxic. Yeah. He was pretty pissed about the situation. And uh, yeah. mainly he was pissed because he was supposed to take the kids that weekend. And he mm-hmm. was really upset about that because now he has nowhere to take the kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So, the night he got kicked out on October 5th, Zach and Addie fought for hours. Okay. Zach went to bed, got up the next morning, and went to work. And Zach's friends kind of thought he was acting weird. And he was wearing sunglasses. He was wearing hats. He was being very internal. Mm-hmm. He was being quiet, yeah. you yeah. know? Well, yeah. I mean, Very in his mind. He's been given the runaround with this girl and yeah. been taken advantage of yeah. and it's not good for his mental health Mm-mm. and he's losing it and she's mm-hmm. losing it on him and it's just a whole mess. Exactly. And he told people that she had left him and went back to North Carolina, which many were kind of surprised that she left, but not really because she was super unpredictable mm-hmm. at times. So they were just kind of like, whatever, it's Addie. Mm-hmm. She could have left easily yeah. like yeah. that. Um, he had Lana bring the kids to work to see him, and the kids bought, he told the kids to buy as much candy as they want. Like, grab as much candy as you want, and I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And then he gave Lana $600 in child support. Okay. And he even called her in the middle of the night one night, telling her he wanted to see his favorite stripper. Oh, talking about her. Because mm-hmm. she used to be a stripper. But she was like, no, dude. I'm pretty sure she was in a relationship with someone else at this mm-hmm. point. On October 17th at 1 a.m., there was a guest at the Omni Hotel in New Orleans who looked out their window and saw a body lying on top of a parking garage. Mm. It was Zach Bowen. Oh, no. He had 28 cigarette burns on him, one for every year he was alive. And when it was reported to Lana that Zach had killed himself, she felt like it was a personal way to hurt her because he used to take her and the kids there. Mm. Like, I don't know why. To the spot that he was found? Yeah. Okay. The kids were obviously really scarred about the situation, but there yeah. was a suicide note in his pocket read addressed to the police. Okay. He said, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, what? on the stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. What? Were you expecting that? No. 
Did you what? think she left to North Carolina? I didn't know. I was so confused. That was the point. I was so confused. What? So when the police arrived, the apartment was in complete disarray, and that's an understatement. There was trash all over the floor, alcohol bottles everywhere, cigarette butts everywhere, and Zach had the AC cranked up, and police would later refer to it as like a meat locker. That's mm-hmm. how cold it was. Mm-hmm. And the walls were covered in black spray-painted words. Like, he had lost it. One said, call Lana Bowen, and then her phone number. Um, It said, I loved her. Another one was right above his bed, and it said, help me stop the pain. Mm. There was another one that said, failure. And then there was another one that said, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish. That is crazy. And the last message on the wall saying, look in the oven. And it had an arrow pointing towards the oven oh my gosh that's so ominous addie's charred feet and legs were in a pan (gasps) in the oven they had been roasting he cooked her in a pot on the stove were hands and then in a bigger pot addie's head why Why? boiling on the stove why would you cook her her torso was found wrapped in a trash bag in the fridge and an eight page (sighs) confession was found in the last pages of addie's diary why would you cook her so the night they had argued almost all night zach just said like she wouldn't shut up and he strangled her he had had no history of violence before this at all i just think he snapped like it's one of those instances where you just he was just dealing with all this ptsd he was on coke he was he was drinking heavily and so was she they were in a toxic relationship and he just fucking snapped yeah strangled her Mm -hmm. to get her to be quiet because I think he wanted an escape from her, which I'm not justifying him killing her at all. Well, it sounds like she instigated it a lot. Mm -hmm. She used him a lot and then turned around and stabbed him in the back a lot. That still doesn't give him the right to kill her. No, absolutely not. But he was probably just so fed up Mm -hmm. that he just lost his shit. Yeah. There was a neighbor that actually saw the bathroom light on the night that Addie was murdered, and he said it was on all night. He said it was very ominous, and it kind of weirded him out that the bathroom light was on all night. That wouldn't weird me out. I don't think I so I mean, either. I think after But maybe he caught a vibe, happen, though. Yeah. Maybe he caught a vibe, because he was in close quarters, you know? Yeah. He could see the light on, so maybe he just caught the vibe, like, something mm-hmm. is wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I don't just now every time i see like a light on like there's um a house across the street from me Mm -hmm. that they have like a little window Mm -hmm. above like on a second story and the light is like always on i know it's a bathroom yeah it's you can just tell some people leave their bathroom lights on when they go to bed right like i don't think that's ominous now or some people sit in the bathroom all night because they have a hangover or like for a night light yeah like i know like sometimes Whenever we were trying to transition Jeffrey to sleep in his own bed, I would leave the hallway mm-hmm. light on. Yeah. That way he could see. Right. But, like, now it's just going to be weird to me. Right. <laughs> after this. So, she was lying on the futon after he killed her, and he committed necrophilia oh. a few times. Oh. Yeah. And then he slept next to her on the futon. Oh, that's worse. Mm-hmm. And he got up the next day for work, like I had said previously. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the next two weeks, he dismembered Addie's body in the bathtub with a hacksaw. It took two weeks. Mm-hmm. And before he put her head in the pot, he gave her a haircut. I just thought that was what a weird is, fact that I had to throw in there. What is his... Uh, I don't... At this point, it's an obsession. 
And then he put her head in a pot on the stove, put her hands in a pot on the stove, put her legs and her feet in the pan in the oven, and was roasting it in her torso in the fridge. Imagine the smell. No. Here's my thing. If he had the AC turned up He was also so on high, a second floor in an apartment. If he had the AC turned up super high, he was trying to preserve the body, right? That's the whole point. I think he was trying to keep down the smell. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That way it wouldn't, like, rot. Mm-hmm. Then what's the point in cooking her? Because he's trying to get rid of the body. I'm sorry, honey, but boiling a head's not going to get rid of it. He was having, I think, a manic episode at this point. Yeah. Because he said he came home and was suddenly horrified about what he had done to Addie. Mm-hmm. Like, like he didn't, it didn't click. Yeah, he was just having, like, an absolute manic episode, and all of a sudden, he's like, holy fuck. Now he's like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. This is part of the confession. Okay. Um, It's eight pages of confession, so this is a part that was released to the public. I don't think the whole thing is released. um, Okay. But this is just a snippet. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2 a.m., I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October 5th. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you were in now, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by the entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am ask anyone and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 in cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Dang. And that's it. That is fucking nuts and he said i've known for forever how horrible a person i am he wasn't he wasn't a horrible person and i don't think Addie was either i think they both had their own mental issues yeah and they just ended up in a really toxic place that they couldn't seem to crawl themselves back out of Mm -hmm. and it was also a lot of unmedicated mental illness where as i feel some people don't necessarily need medication they can deal with it Mm -hmm. but some people do yeah. Like, some people need the medication to be mm-hmm. able to function from day to day. Mm-hmm. So. At no point did I think that that's where this was going. <laughs> um, I, I knew something bad was going to happen. I did not expect that. Yeah. Halfway through, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? We're, like, three quarters of the way through the notes, and nothing has happened yet. Where is it? There it is. Yep. There it is. You're welcome. Not only was there a body in the parking garage yep but there was also a body in the stove and when i said that he killed himself were you expecting me to go further no i thought it was just gonna be that's it yeah like he couldn't take it anymore Mm -hmm. that was way darker and then you said the life i took and i was like wait life you took Mm -hmm. not yours yes what are you talking about yeah i know that turned really, around real fast. Yeah. It's really sad. And <laughs> it is very sad. I think, like I said, I feel like he was just kind of having a manic episode. And then, yeah, he didn't really know what to do at that point. Yeah. And 
He had already been beating himself up for so long for being a failure. Mm-hmm. So I think his depression also got the best of him. The PTSD from his yeah. scores, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard for soldiers. Yeah. But still wasn't right for him to kill Addy. Yeah. So he is guilty of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Addy did not deserve to die. I, like I said, I think it was just a really toxic, bad situation. So Yeah. RIP to both of them. Even though he is a murderer, um, I usually don't have sympathy for murderers, and I don't really have a lot of sympathy for him, like, doing what he did to Addy. But I think he was a good person. I think they were both sick. (laughs) I think they were both good people deep down. They were just in a bad situation. Right. And couldn't get out of it. Exactly. Or didn't think they could get out of it. Right. Just thought it was the end. That that was it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyways... Sorry to give you such a depressing ending, but that's what we're here for. That's what true crime is all about. If, if, you're, you... if you're listening to the true crime episodes, you should not expect a happy ending. No, not at all. No. Um, if you haven't already, go subscribe to our socials. Mm-hmm. The link is in the show notes. Um, go check out our Patreon. We got a lot of good stuff on there. Early episode releases on Sunday. Just mm-hmm. bless me. Sorry. Um schedule if you Mm -hmm. want to check out our schedule our future episodes you can do that see what we're going to post when we're going to post it yep leave us a rating a review Mm -hmm. i know if you're right here right now and you're about to click off the episode i know it's right there it's It's right right there there. you can do it it. quick just a little click yep and we really appreciate it Mm -hmm. so i think we've been getting more um reviews we have um so we appreciate everyone who has or i mean a rating yeah um we appreciate everyone who's given us a rating For recently. Sure. Um, it really helps us know, like, how we're doing. Right. It really does help um, if we need to improve or anything. So, thank you for listening. Yep. See you later. Bye. Bye.